In Psalm 11, verse 3, it says this. Well, even look at verse 1 of Psalm 11. In the Lord put I my trust. How say you to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For lo, the wicked bend their bow, and they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privily or secretly, or in darkness, shoot at the upright in heart. And of course, when, when Christ is not our foundation, which he is in truth, and in our position as believers. But when he's not, when we, when we don't act upon him by receiving the truth about him, then we're going to be like those little birds that get afraid and they're going to flee to something other than their true foundation. They'll flee to the mountains. And it's said before, nothing wrong with going away to the mountains, but if we're going away to the mountains to find a source of comfort outside of Christ, all the mountains are going to do is scream out to us, it's not in us. Your comfort is not in us. And so, because always we have an enemy, and he is the prince and power of the air. In Ephesians 2, verse 2, he's the God of this world. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. He's the prince for a time through usurping and allowed by God and this world system to act as prince and ruler. Falsely, but nevertheless he does it in John 12, 31, and John 14, verse 30. And they are always ready to bend their bow and to make ready an arrow with poison Poisonous thoughts, thoughts that don't come from God. They're not from Christ. They're not brought to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. But they're shot at us in darkness. And it's a sad thing that it says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3, that if our gospel be hid, and gospel really, as we've said before, is how God spells out he is spelling out himself. That's what the word gospel means. God's spell. And God has spelled himself out in the most clearest way, the most highest, glorious way through his son. And then it takes God from what God the Father has given us, God the Son. It takes God the Holy Spirit to reveal who he is to us. And that will always establish us on a firm foundation so that when the enemy who operates in darkness and there isn't anything that he loves to do is operate in ignorance, the ignorance of darkness towards God's people to shoot arrows at them, the arrow of the accusation, the arrow of fear. He always in Revelation 12 verse 10, he accuses the brethren those that are one with Christ based upon who Christ is in them and who they are in him in Hebrews 2, 11 and 10, 11 and 12. And he, God himself,
Christ himself, God, is not ashamed to call us brethren. So the enemy will come in and shoot the arrows, it says, in darkness at the upright in heart. What makes us upright? To stand in righteousness? It's Jesus Christ himself in 1 Corinthians 1.30. And then it says this, if the foundations in the third verse of Psalm 11 be destroyed, what can the righteous do? In other words, he cannot, Satan can't destroy the truth of the foundations, but he can try through lies to disturb it in our minds through darkness and that hopefully the light will not penetrate the light of the glorious gospel and what makes it glorious but the very glory of Jesus Christ he is our foundation he's our foundation and the fact of the matter is, as we turn to Matthew 16, uh, chapter 16 right now, Matthew 16, verse 13, this is what it says. It says, when Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And this is what they said. And they said, some say that you are John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And others, Jeremiah. Or one of the prophets. So they, the disciples were beginning to ponder over what certain others were saying about Jesus Christ. But then Jesus said to them, but... Whom do you say that I am? In other words, who do you know that I am in your life based upon my presence with you? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of John, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. The Father was there revealing this truth, just like when Jesus was baptized. You see the Trinity in action in Matthew 3, verse 17. Jesus entering into his public ministry before he would enter into the wilderness to show the folly of Satan trying to test him, when in reality he was the one that was tested and proved to be utterly foolish. They heard a voice from heaven. The dove came, which was emblematic and symbolic of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ the Son was there. And what you heard was this, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And the same was said in Matthew 17, verse 5, hear you him. We're not to receive or hear anything other than Jesus Christ, our foundation. 
So it took the Father to reveal that to them at that particular time because Jesus Christ hadn't gone yet to the cross to finish the work, the truth of the eternal thoughts of God that were going to enter into time where the work would be accomplished and manifested. And then the Holy Spirit, as Christ would ascend up, he would send the Holy Spirit down and then the Holy Spirit would take the things of Christ and show them unto us. And in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, and John 16, verses 13 and 14. So it took the Father to reveal it at that time. And this is what Jesus said. He agreed in the next verse, in verse 18, of the confession that Peter received from God the Father. Jesus put his stamp of approval on it. And he said, and I say also unto you, and he could say that because he was God the Son. And he was agreeing with God the Father because they're one. In John 17, verse 11 and 21 and 22, they're one. He said in John 10, verse 30, I and my Father are one. We are one in essence, three distinct separate personalities, but we're one in essence. But he said, and I say also unto you that you are Peter, Petros, little rock, <laughs> little rock, Peter. And upon this rock, little rock, is the Greek word for Peter, and this rock is the massive ledge. It's the foundation. And Jesus is saying to him, everything, that was prophesied. He is the precious cornerstone, the tried stone in Isaiah 28, verse 16. He's the stone that the builders rejected. The stones were prepared, but in Psalm 118, verse 22, they rejected him. And it's fulfilled in John chapter 1, verse 11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But he said to Peter, and upon this rock, look what it says. If we could only understand it. We talked about dispensational truth last night. Understanding certain scriptures and where they are for which people group in which time period in God's economy where they're to be applied. And how important that is. But he said, and upon this rock, this rock himself, that rock that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4, that where they drank from that spiritual rock and that rock was Jesus Christ in type. Yeah, remember when he was crucified? Then the Roman took the, took the spear in John 19, verse 34, and out came blood and water. That's right. That was a picture. Blood would be salvation, redemption. Water would be the cleansing of the water of the word in Ephesians 5. Verse 26, and so he said, upon this rock, I will, future. He didn't say I did at that particular time because this was still kingdom. He said, I will, I will, who will? I will build my church. Whose church? His church. Whose sheep? His sheep. Should us, the church, and his sheep resort to anything other than Jesus Christ, the foundation? 
should we? And the answer, of course, is not. And when we find our life on that foundation, look what it says. This is a promise about Jesus Christ. And the gates, all the power of hell can't prevail against it. He cannot prevail against it. Then Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10. He said this, according, having everything to do, look what it says, to the grace of God. So everything that was given to him about the truth of the foundation of the establishment of the church would be founded purely on Jesus Christ by the pure grace of God. And we see in John 1 verse 14 that the word who always is, always had been, tabernacled and put on flesh. And John said, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only eternally begotten Son of God and what he was full of grace and truth. We said last night, there is no grace without truth and there's no truth without grace and there's neither without Christ because he's the fullness of both. And when we establish, find ourselves through growth, through what has been accomplished by Jesus Christ is our foundation and we find ourselves resting on that foundation, everything about our thought life, everything about our life will be grace and truth. Because in Colossians 3 verse 4, he is our life. He said, according, having everything to do with the grace of God, look what it says, which is given unto me. Do you see? Everything about our foundation, everything about our Christianity, everything about our Life, who is Christ, is founded on the fact of grace. It's been given. There's no way we can earn it. Romans 11, 5 and 6, if it's works, it's no more grace. If it's grace, it's no more works. We said again recently in Job 23, verse 14, he performs the thing that he requires. And all the requirements were met by Jesus Christ, our foundation. And now that the foundation has been laid, the house of God, the church of who we are, can rest upon a solid foundation. So Paul said, this is given to me. He said it was given to me. He said in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9, he said, I, in myself, in my flesh, I am not qualified to be called an apostle because I persecuted the very church of God, the very church of Christ. That's what it says. See what it says there? It's the church of Christ. No man's church, no man's sheep other than Christ. We're his. And thankfully, when we realize that, understand it, and grow in it, listen, we grow in a stability that nothing can move. Nothing can move us. We have something to resort to constantly. And when we have that solid foundation established in our life, then we can have a place as God's house 
to rest. And remember in Genesis 2, verse 2, the Sabbath to the Jew, the Sabbath, was a place where God rested after his work of creation. Who do you suppose that was? Who was doing the creating even then? In John 1, 3 and Colossians 1, 16, it was the pre-incarnate Christ, the foundation of all God's thoughts and love and rest. It was in his son and he put on humanity to come so that you and I could have peace. We could have a place to rest, a solid foundation. So Paul said, this has been given to me. He said, I am not meet, not qualified to be called an apostle because I persecuted the very church of Christ. But he said in the 10th verse, but I am what I am by the grace of God. You and I are what we are by the grace of God. And in that grace is a truth that can never be separated from it. And that's who we are in Christ. And that's who Christ is in us. Fact is, Paul said, it's been given to me and it's caused me to be a wise master builder. He couldn't build anything if that foundation hadn't been laid. You and I can't build anything. We do not know how to think or put two thoughts together other than the fact that we have a solid, solid foundation and it is immovable. And we'll see that shortly. He said, I have laid the foundation. How did he lay it? That grace who is Jesus Christ, was given to him to cause him to be a wise master builder. He even had wisdom. And who is this wisdom? In, in Proverbs, the 8th chapter, 20s, right through to the 30s in that chapter. All the way through to verse 36. It's Jesus Christ. It's the very person of Jesus Christ. He said, I have laid the foundation because Jesus Christ chose the church's worst enemy, saved his soul, and turned him around to be the chief apostle and teacher and preacher of the truth of what Christ had given to him to give to us a solid foundation. And he could say, and another builds thereon, but let every man take heed how he builds thereon. Boy, oh boy, do we ever have to take heed about what we receive about another that tells us about what we should build on that foundation. Verse 11, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. What was Paul saying? This through the Holy Spirit, this is what he was saying. He was saying in Galatians, the first chapter, this is what he said in verse 6 to these Galatians who, would, who were being taught things after having Paul laid the foundation of Jesus Christ to them, 
Then these Judaizers, these Gnostics with all this superior knowledge were coming in right behind him to reteach the people, to fill their minds with thoughts that weren't coming from God the Holy Spirit or from the Father or especially Jesus Christ as the Father's full thought and the very work of the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus Christ. They would come in and Paul had to say this, I am, I marvel. It's almost like saying today, I am shocked that, that you are so soon removed from him. What happens when we remove as his house? When we remove from him as our solid foundation, we get very shaky in our thoughts. We begin to be moved by fear, doubt, anxiety, all of these particular things because we've been removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel which is not another <laughs> it's not another gospel there is no such thing it's a pseudo gospel it is a false gospel but look what it says but there be some that trouble you there's trouble. There could be confusion. There can be doubt and fear. 1 Corinthians 14, 33, For God is not the author of confusion, but of what? Life and peace. Who is our life? Colossians 3, verse 4, it's Jesus Christ. Who is our peace? Ephesians 2, 14, He is our peace. And to receive anything other than that, to receive something, that causes us to try through the energy of the flesh, to perform in the flesh, to try to be accepted of God when we are already accepted in the beloved. And Ephesians 1, 6 would cause us trouble. There would be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Perverts it. Verse 8, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you. And there's no other God spell. There's no other way that God spells himself out other than Jesus Christ. Though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, and though man may preach it, you can be sure that what's behind it, if it's not Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14, Satan is an angel of light. <laughs> and verse 15, he has his ministers. They're going to minister to you a false light. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 22, if the light that be in you be darkness, in verse 23, actually, because verse 22 says, if your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. When my eye is single, it's Jesus Christ. He's my foundation. I'm to build every thought, everything about who I am upon Jesus Christ my foundation. And when I do, I rest in him. And when the winds come and the storms come, I do not get affected by them because I'm in the one who has defeated the prince and power of the air. So 
But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other way of spelling out the truth of who God is through Christ uh, unto you, then that which we have preached unto you, let him, what, be accursed. Let him go to hell. Yeah. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that you have received, let him be accursed. Verse 10, for do I now persuade men? In other words, am I trying to win men by what a man says? Outside of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit? Or do I, am I doing it to persuade God? Or do I seek to please men? A lot of teaching out there, it's based upon men-pleasing. Men-pleasing. For if I yet pleased men, if that was the reason I was preaching, to please men, I should not be a servant of Christ. I would not be that servant. Now, it says this in Matthew 7, right here, and then we'll close this part of it. In Matthew, the seventh chapter, it says this, verse 24, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine, his teaching, the teaching in Christ teaches who he is. That's what he teaches. He teaches who he is. And then it says, and does them. And really, what's the only way we can do it? Jesus is saying this in the light of Philippians 2, 12 and 13. He's saying that in the light. And it's been, these scriptures have been really legalized and, and made to be performance like we're to do something which was impossible for us to do, which Christ only could accomplish and did of James 2, 17, 20, and 26. Faith without works is dead, being alone. Well, Philippians 2, 12, and 13 say this, and, and, and it's very, very, very clear. Wherefore, work out your own salvation. What does this to mean to be saved? It means to be delivered from something into something. Work out your, your salvation, your whole Christian life, for it is God, with fear and trembling, it says, with an awe and an intensity of the energy of God himself. For it is God which works in you. <laughs> God who? What Jesus Christ has accomplished by the power of the Holy Spirit. For it is God which works in you both to will Remember what it said in Romans 7, 21, when I would do good or try to with my own will, evil was present with me? That's right. We live in the accomplished will of another. Jesus said in John 4, 34, my meat, my sustenance is to do the will of him and to finish the work. Who's the only one that ever did the, his will? Who's the only one that ever finished the work? It was Christ. He's our foundation. And so Paul could say it, and he did. 
The reality is the doing. Whoever receives my word and allows them to do in them through giving their will over to me, they live in the doing of what I accomplished. That's what James 2, 17, 20, and 26 is saying. Faith without works. And it's taught, you have to do something. God did all this, now you must do this. Really. Well, if Christ is my life, and I live in the life of him who has done it, then to try and function outside of that would only be to be a men-pleaser. It would, in, in Galatians 1.10, it would only be to me to try it, to do it in the energy of the flesh. In Romans 7.18, I know in me that's in my flesh dwells what? No good thing. John 6.63, it is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that gives life, quickens. It's the Holy Spirit who takes the life of Christ and shows us what's already ours without performance, because Christianity is about receiving the law. Legalism is about doing. The reality is the flesh profits nothing, but Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, Holy Spirit, and they are life. The Holy Spirit taking of my life. So he said, therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, a solid foundation. And the rain descended, and the floods came in, the pouring rain, and the floods of these thoughts that are not of God would come pouring in. Isaiah 59, 19, when the enemy, not if, but when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against them. What's that standard? Christ is our foundation. He is not only our all in Colossians 3.11, He is all. He is all. And so the floods come in, the rains and the floods come in, and the winds blew, the winds Every wind of doctrine in Ephesians 4.14, the darkness of, of wrong teaching in 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15, blow in and beat upon that house, but it was founded upon a rock, and it fell not. Why? Because it was founded upon a rock, that solid foundation, and you couldn't move it. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not, doesn't allow them to do and accomplish in them what was done for them by receiving it, then what? Will be likened unto a foolish man. Who is a foolish man? He relies on himself. What is the nature of the self-life? What is it? But a child of the atmosphere, a child of Satan. Acting as a child of Satan. That's who a fool is. And thinking that their confidence is in themselves when they're under the prince and power of the air. Right now, there are only two wills, God's and Satan's. There are only two wills. There are only two forces, God's and Satan. There are only two 
that they're looking for. One of these two are looking for someone to function through. But Jesus said, I will liken him unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand, the self-life, based upon the lies from the atmosphere in John 8, 44, and in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. Built upon lies. And the floods came. The rain descended and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Great was the fall of it. If our gospel, Paul said, be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You know, there's a lot, as we close this morning, there's a lot of God's own. They're Christ's sheep, and they're his, they're his church, his body, his flesh, his bone, in Ephesians 5.30. And they are as his, walking around lost. This is not just for those that, is, that are saved. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1, Therefore seeing, you know how we need to see, we have this ministry. As we have received, see, mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, the things of shame, not walking in craftiness, and I look at this verse here, this part of it, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth, and that would be Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And so many Christians are lost in thoughts that do not come from God. They don't. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, you see, it's Christ, should shine, who is the image, the very image of God himself, should shine unto them. And I love this verse, verse 5, for we preach not our Selves, but Christ Jesus the Lord oh yeah when he's preached and he's received as our foundation then we have the true authority the only authority the true master over us and when we have a foundation and we receive preaching and teaching that is all Christ then instantly the master of our souls, who is love, masters fear in an instant. He masters us from anxiety. He masters over us. He, has, he is our authority over everything that's not of him because of a solid foundation. So, Lord, thank you for this portion here. And thank you that we've only began to, to scratch the truth of these, uh, these things. And hopefully we can share them tonight. So to the glory of Christ and to our unbelievable blessing in Jesus' name, amen. So we can have it on there. Hebrews 12, 25 to 29, look what it says. Well, verse 24, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, the New Testament, and to the, to the blood of sprinkling 
that speaks better things than that of Abel, which of, which of course was a type. And to this Jesus, see, in verse 25, that you refuse him not. Oh boy. See that when we have these truths, see that you refuse not him that speaks. Who's speaking right now today to us? The Holy Spirit is speaking loud and clear. He's taking the things of Christ and speaking the truth of who he is in us and who we are in him. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on the earth, much more will we not escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven. Watch, whose voice then shook the earth. Do you realize the things that are happening today, right now? And we'll eyewitnesses to it. God is shaking the earth. He's allowing it to be shaken. He's not the cause of it. God is not the cause of evil. You'll see that. James 1, verse 12, Blessed is the man that endures temptation. Really, it's testings from God. For when he is tried, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. But let no man say when he is tested of the Lord, tempted of that, that the Lord does that, that the Lord tempts him with evil. Because he cannot be tempted with evil, neither he tempts any man. Very clearly written in the Scriptures. But whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, who's the word? Uh-huh. Who's the word? Yet once more signifies the removing of those things that are shaken. If you wonder why certain things happen in your life and in mine, and by the way, I have done my share of wondering, but the truth of the answer to, to me and to all of us is this, that God allows the shaking of those things that can be shaken to remove them. Whatever is not of God, whatever is not as founded on the foundation, God has a plan to shake us so that they become removed. We find something that shakes us and we can't do anything about it no matter how much we try. Where does that lead us back to? The foundation that cannot be shaken. The removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Where are the things that can't be shaken? Where do we find them? In Jesus Christ, our foundation. And by the way, again, that very foundation, that very Christ in Colossians 3 verse 4, is our life very life. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, look at what it says, let us have grace. Grace. Jesus Christ reigning in our life as our life is the only way that you and I can rest. It's the only place where my faith, my dependence 
has a place to rest, and that's Christ. It's the only place we can actually serve him with the overflow of his life entering into our cup, our capacity. Psalm 23, verse 5, David said, My cup, what? Overflows. That is Ephesians 3.19, and to know, to experience the love of God that passes knowledge. Now unto him in the 20th verse, who is able? Are we able? No. Is he able? Yeah. Is he our foundation? Yes. Who, who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in him. And when we rest on that foundation, in our thoughts and in our thinking, that power is ours continually. But it only functions on, in, in and on a solid foundation. Let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably, with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Right? Anything that is not of God in Christ Jesus is our foundation. He's going to consume. <laughs> Why? Because he loves us. Yeah, he loves us and doesn't want us being involved with anything that's not of him. Thoughts. Oh boy. Building... Proper thoughts in Christ, who's the word, to establish a solid foundation of the truth of who Christ is in us and who we are in him.